You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you it's more than just your output more than a Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 308. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hello. Hi. So, Big Sir, I don't know if you remember, but that was this weekend. Oh, it was? Yeah. Huh. No, I'll yeah. just pretend it did not consume every thought I've wiped. had. I am so tired. Yeah. Like you wouldn't understand. It was, it was a big weekend for you, Tom. Yeah, it yeah. was a lot to yeah. do. You did do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> you completed it. I did. You were did. worried, as was, usual, for nothing. Hey, listen. Okay, for everybody out there, if I had not made myself accountable by telling you that I was doing this, I don't think I would have finished this race. Yeah, I would agree. There were blisters. And here's the thing. Like, you had more blister than <laughs> foot. I did. And they weren't in the same places as last time. Like, those of you who listen, you'll know... That I had really bad blisters whenever I did 26.2 miles on my treadmill. And they were on the sides of my feet. This time, were underneath my feet. Where my feet hit the pavement over and over <laughs> and over again. And literally, the only thing that got me through was Christina Sandifer and Dr. Jen saying things to me and distracting me. And the reminder that... It still didn't hurt as bad as that freaking road rash when the car <laughs> hit me. I was just like, okay, this is temporary and it'll be over soon. Also, the first aid guy tried to get me to stop. Like, he was like, uh, so... He didn't you... say it, but he said it. I mean, he was like, are you sure you can finish? And I was like, it's not even an option, dude. It was like the EMT equivalent of your wife going, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, hey, you do what you think is best. I was like, you better put those Band-Aids on there and let's go. Yeah. Because there's no stopping. I will be doing this. <laughs> so, yeah, it happened. I got through it. And... By the way, if anyone's ever thinking about doing Big Sur, let me just tell you, it is a gorgeous course. I know people say that, but seeing it was different. 
Yeah, it was great. And I saw it because we drove it mm-hmm. afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tom wasn't out there. Oh, no. 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 Just, uh, you know, I don't have any other secret announcements for you. I, I also, didn't go do Big Sur and not tell anybody, but it was stunning. And I recommend that if you are going to do this course that you wait until after you've done it and then drive the course because it would be demoralizing to mm-hmm. see that hill. That two mile hill. It's a monster. I was winded just from driving it. Speaking of wind, in the 30-year history of the race, this was the windiest year because, of course, it was... 25-mile-an-hour headwinds. (laughs) Yeah, it was insane, and I felt every bit of the wind. And yeah, Dr. Jen and Christina, I feel bad because I held them back. Like these two ladies could have easily done this way faster than me. Literally came in second to last place in my (laughs) age group. 57th out of 58 from the 40 to 44 year old. By the way, got smoked by an 81 year old. Her (laughs) average time over the entire marathon was 11 minutes and 32 seconds. Yes, 81 years old. She is my new hero. She she knew the clock was ticking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I'm pretty sure I saw her pass me, too. But so many great people out there met people along the way. I was recognized a couple of times, made some new friends. By the way, I think this was my highest strain ever. 20.4. Higher than when you got hit by the car? Well, it stopped that day. So who knows? Like I don't even know what my strain was that day. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah. (laughs) And I did elevation gain of 1,839 feet. (laughs) burned 2,000 calories and walked. Which we promptly ate. Yeah. Uh, Yes. (laughs) For dinner. (laughs) Actually, it wasn't that bad for dinner. And then 48. I think you're forgetting the frozen yogurt. 48,000 steps. Honestly, I don't think we did that bad for dinner. I mean, maybe you, but not me. I burned 2,000 calories just walking. So I was okay with some frozen yogurt for dinner. I mean, I felt I deserved it. Oh, for sure. You were just saying, I don't know that we ate 2,000 calories. And I was like, we had a big old thing of frozen yogurt. I I still don't think it was 2,000 calories. Well, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. You had earned it. I had. Yeah. so, So, and then I had also gotten you customized bib boards these bib boards were so cool i was so appreciative because to put these on you don't have to poke holes in your shirt given that it is a very nice shirt it was my just effing do it yes tank top i really didn't want to have any holes in that and tom was kind enough to get a set for christina sandifer and dr jen and they were ecstatic. They were. They were a big hit. I didn't expect them to be that big of a deal. They were super excited. So he got hugs nice. from all three of I us. I did. And I'm not a hugger, but that's how I paid them off for tanking their to- their marathon times. For you. <laughs> well, whatever it took. They were so nice to hang with me. They really were. I know they could have done way better than I did. And unfortunately, they are already making plans for the next marathon. And I'm like, can my feet heal before we make plans? So No, no they cannot. We should also say while we were there, we had a great meetup. Oh, yeah. Friday night when we first got there, so many fun people. Elise came. Of course, Christina came and her husband, Tim, who apparently is your doppelganger. He also does not do Peloton. Tina came. That's hashtag what's up chicken butt. And then we had so many other people. Pat Darling, Tim Shaughnessy. Thank you again for setting all this up, by the way. And his husband, Glenn. Glenn, this is for you since I never mention your name. And then we also had showed up Jenny Davis and her husband and then Priscilla 
And we also had Sharks Girl. Sharks Girl was also there. So we had a lot of fun, a lot of great people. And boy, the nachos are good if you ever get to eat at the Brit in San Jose. What a beautiful area. That whole area was really beautiful. Yeah, that was good food. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for everybody who had so much support for you. It was nice to see. It and was. Congrats to you for doing it. Thank you. Especially and in light of the car accident. I just have to say, because I know some people will want to know this. <laughs> Other people will roll their eyes and I don't care. But I definitely shed some tears as I crossed the finish line. And Dr. Jen and Christina gave me a hug. And I was just so grateful to be alive. And I think it was Dr. Jen that said, we're so glad you're still here. And I just started bawling. I lost it. I just completely lost it. I don't think there will ever be an event that will mean as much as this particular event did. And that's why I wanted to wear the shirt. Just do it because it felt like it was appropriate. Well, there's never going to be an event that will mean this much. I'm glad we've already gotten married. <laughs> I meant a running event, Tom. See? Oh, my God. I do. But oh. it's still not as good as that time I finished Big Sur. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. Wow. This is a marathon of a different sort. <sighs> You're feeling, like, yes, I'm feeling every mile today. Yes, you are. <laughs> so what, pray tell, do you have in store for people this week? Well, I don't know, because all I can see is this picture. Let's see. Well, we're going to have an update on the earnings call. Okay. We haven't recorded it yet because it will be tomorrow morning. Yes. And as soon as that happens, we'll record it. Then we're going to be talking about all the changes. There's been anniversaries this week. There's been things rolling out. There's been a lot of stuff going on for Mother's Day. So when we get to that part, if that's triggering to you, please fast forward. We've got lawsuit updates. We've got lots of instructor in the news updates, lots of podcasts for the instructors. So you'll want to listen to that so you can hear all of your favorite instructors. We also have a visit from Angelo. We're going to talk about what is the best way to eat after a workout. And we have a visit from Dr. Jin this week. And we talk about striking a balance between have to and want to. Also, the interview this week is Dr. Mark Shapiro. Oh. And we should apologize to him. Dr. We, Shapiro, I'm so sorry. So in our defense, and by our, I mean your, because you're <laughs> the one that does all the things. But he was our first interview after the accident yeah so and when you see this by the way i'll still have all yeah. kinds of bruising we recorded it and there was a moment where we thought we'd still be able to do it like it was supposed to be on the thursday after the accident yeah. and you were foolish enough we were both foolish enough to think well maybe yeah and then we asked to push it and luckily he was a doctor and he was like i kind of figured you would yeah, he I was, was like of course you I need was, to push it i was surprised i hadn't gotten this call yet so anyway then after that it fell through the cracks and I don't even know what happened. And he was kind enough to reach out and nudge us and be like, hey, remember that time we talked for 40 minutes? <laughs> and guys, the thing about this is, like, I loved this interview so he much. I honestly thought it had already posted because yeah. I enjoyed it so much. This interview is so fun. Dr. Shapiro is a blast. Yes. Like the most, I want Dr. Shapiro to be my doctor because he's so fun. Move to Missouri, Dr. Shapiro. Yes. And then let <laughs> us know what your specialty is so we can get that disease. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, apologies to him and thank you for reminding us <laughs> and definitely check out his interview because it's a good one. And shameless plugs before we move on. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. That's always helpful and appreciated. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clipout. While you're there, like the page, join the group. Don't forget our YouTube page, youtube.com slash the clipout. 
We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the clip out where you can get ad free episodes. We put out the Mark Shapiro interview there like three weeks ago. <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Uh, but when we get an episode early, you will get it early. So a lot of times you get them on Thursday afternoons. If that's important to you, you get that as well. And you get all sorts of bonus content. We've been going through the timeline year by year. I believe this week is 2021. Well, I never posted 2020 until today. So gotcha. we'll see if 2021 makes it out on gotcha. Friday. But it's um, in your not too distant future. Yes. Just like deep 13 so <laughs> much like dr shapiro's <laughs> interview <Yes. laughs> and you can also sign up for our newsletter at theclipout.com so there's all that let's dig in shall we we shall peloton stock ticker so we just got done listening to the earnings call and crystal's better at listening than i am <laughs> <laughs> by listening tom means he was doing other things <laughs> playing best fiends <laughs> but he was in the room so that counts sure here's the deal we said last quarter when we've said it several times i feel like we have reached a turning point and i feel like this quarter summed that up i yeah. think we were right so one of the things that came out in the letter that I want to make sure that we touch on, because we did not touch on this in the news since it happened this morning, is a settlement and patent license agreement has been reached with Dish Technologies. The cost of that settlement is going to be $75 million plus some other expenses. That's going to come out of Q4 and that's going to affect the free cash flow in Q4. So that is going to affect Q4 negatively, but... They felt that that was more important to do rather than prolong it. They felt like they could have prolonged it, could have had a different outcome, but they wanted to get it done and move on. I say, yay. Yeah, I think it's good to clear things off their plate. Like we've been talking about the lawsuits have been falling by the wayside left and right lately. And I think they probably just figured by the time the amount of money they spent fighting it. The cost differential wasn't worth it. Not to mention, as they point out in the letter, the distraction to the day-to-day yeah. -day operation of the business. And I agree with that. Since they have started knocking these lawsuits out one by one, you can tell as a group they have been very laser focused on growing the profitability. And specifically, they have been really focused on getting to that break-even point, which according to them today, Liz says... We are within striking distance of that. So that's exciting. Yeah. I also can't help but wonder if they have some new technology that will mean that they won't need the Dish Network technology. So they're like, yeah, pay them what we need as a stopgap and then we'll roll out our own stuff and we're good now. Suck I think that's it. a fair question. And there was a lot of stuff that came out today in the letter that was really exciting. So just to touch on a few things, one... They're going to be doing a complete relaunch of the marketing, like a brand relaunch. And that is going to be happening soon. Very, very excited about that. Two, we are going to be seeing that rebranding, that relaunch of the app. That's going to be happening. They said the time is now. We know that one, we know from the call for sure it is not going to affect any of the hardware costs. So if you have hardware and you have the all access, you have the all access period, across the board. And don't even get me started on the row. They didn't address it. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. Two, 
they said that there will be a tiered membership approach, which they had already said. That's not new information. But what they did say is you're going to have a different options, different opportunities. If all you're doing is joining the app, you're going to be able to choose what kind of cost you want to put in. And that's going to give you a different experience. You're going to have different ways to interact with the app based on how much you want to pay. So those are two hugely exciting things that came out of the letter. As far as the call today, some things that I think that we should point to is that one of the things I found absolutely fascinating is they talked about how they are primarily known as a bike company, but that the behaviors of people say that they are well beyond that. It was something like 57% of people. 56 or 57, yeah. They're using the app not even with the bike. Like They might be using the rower. They might be using strength, whatever, but they're not necessarily using the bike. And so that's great because personally, I want people to know they're not just a bike company. And this marketing relaunch, this brand relaunch we're going to see, you're going to be seeing that. They're really going to be pushing their other offerings. So that's exciting because I've been saying to people for a long time, they're not just a bike company. Yeah. So finally. And I feel like Barry addressed something towards the end of the call that we've been saying for a long time, which is that people, they come to Peloton for the bike. They stay for the content, the instructors. Like that's what people want from the brand more than anything. Yeah. They talked a lot about how they expect for the app to grow and has been growing faster than what the hardware is and what it has been. So we're going to be seeing a lot of people join Peloton that are going to be from the app side of things. They're not necessarily going to have hardware. That's already been happening, but they expect it to happen even more in the future. And the question that Tom's talking about is when somebody asked about like, well, how are you going to continue to show you like differentiated yourself by being that bike company. You started Connected Fitness. How are you going to differentiate in the app? And Barry's answer, which felt very strong, was it's the content. That's the magic. And it is. It is the content. And he referred to us users and anybody listening to this, I think, counts because we are the people bothering to make and listen to a podcast about it. <laughs> he said with near religious fervor really cracked me up. So yeah. I thought that was all very interesting. And let's see, they said that they really haven't been spending very much on marketing for the FAFs, so fitness as a service. So they will probably continue to do that as well. Remember, next quarter, Q4 is always the one that's going to be the hardest. Always has been, always will. So they're expecting the connected fitness subs to be down. They're expecting churn to be highest. And they are also saying that they're really focused on not overspending and really focusing on getting profitable subscribers. So making sure they have quality subscribers. I really liked hearing that. Also, they said that they were very optimistic about the rebranding and the app launch, but they have not included that optimism in the guidance for Q4 at all. So it might even be better yeah. than what they're seeing. Also, they talked briefly about the refurbished bikes and how well they're doing and how well they're doing, especially considering that they're not really pushing it. Like yeah. People are coming across that organically, which I would think kind of indicates that there's an organic demand for Peloton, but people that maybe don't necessarily have the means to buy a full price bike that are on the hunt for ways to get less expensive bikes and Peloton's there with refurbished stuff, which I think is also smart because you'd rather sell them a refurbished bike and make some money than have them go to the secondary market and make no money. 
I thought it was interesting, too, that in the shareholder letter, they referred to the fact that a big chunk of new subscribers has come from old bikes being sold by members like eBay. Like they right. used eBay as an example. I thought that was super interesting. Thirty three and a half thousand, thirty three thousand yeah. five hundred, which I don't remember the time frame. But like to me, that's a little distressing because on the one hand, you're saying you've had that many people leave the platform on the flip side. That's assuming they didn't upgrade bikes. Right, right, right or, exactly. You know, but I would think by and large, it's probably people leaving the platform, but you're instantly replacing them, but you're not selling hardware to them directly, which I think is really shows the importance of the refurbished program, right? Because they can at least recoup that money on their own hardware. And I would think as a user, if I can buy a used Peloton, I'm making up numbers. If I can buy a used Peloton for 800 bucks, but I can buy a refurbished one for a thousand directly from Peloton. And I know it's got some sort of warranty. I'm going to go with the refurbished product. I mean, I would too. Every time. Absolutely. I thought some other interesting things to make sure that we mention is they talked about like, what are you expecting to see this year? Somebody asked that question, like, where do you think the growth is going to come from? They said commercial and corporate wellness. Those both have good momentum. Third party starting to see that. Business to business, they said there's a lot to learn there, but there's signs of life. International, they said there's opportunities for growth. They said that there had been new hardware this year. They talked about how aware people are of the different types of hardware that we have. So the rower is only at 4%. Guide is only at 1%. Mm -hmm. The app is at 5%. But the interesting thing is that the app net promoter score is 20% higher than the bike. Isn't that fascinating? So fewer people are aware of it, but the people that are really like it. Yes. Yeah. So they said, so imagine what can happen if people actually know that it exists. Yeah. Also keep in mind, this will be the first full year of the row. They haven't even marketed it really. And they said that most of the people that have bought it have been existing subscribers, which we knew. Because um, it's a value proposition, right? Like you don't have to pay anything extra for the monthly subscription. You just have the cost of the rower, which is not insignificant to be sure. But yeah, I do think there's people that love Peloton. I think the rower got sold to a lot of people who have never even thought about rowing like you until Peloton had one. And they're like, "Okay, let's add it. Exactly. Also, I would like to make sure everyone's paying attention. Is everyone listening out there? Are you really listening to me? Everyone. A second treadmill product coming probably this year. They don't control timing, but they have invested a lot in the relationship with the CPSC. Well, that is incredibly exciting because that means that Tread Plus might be coming back this year, this fiscal year, guys, this fiscal year. So like in the next 12 months. okay. also, this was something I did not realize that Jen Cotter and her team are over accessories and apparel now. I did not realize that. Want to point out that Barry was excited about something coming with apparel. He said something new is coming there. Very exciting things. And they are not sharing what they are just yet. So I was super excited about that. Also, when it comes to connected fitness, there's been a lot of questions and a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about putting out their rumors because they see stuff as they scrape Peloton's website and assume (laughs) that they know what they're talking about. They're going to be able to make a la carte choices when they have the bike or they have any kind of hardware. Not true. Barry said, no, it's going to be all access. Nothing is changing there. I know I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but I just wanted to clear up. There's no a la carte coming with that hospitality. He really didn't want to talk about very much, but he did say that that it's going to continue because it's profitable in its own right. And it's a good source of growth. 
one of the other things I wanted to make sure that we talked about, he was talking about some very exciting things. He wouldn't say what it was, but he did say that there is something coming soon. And it sounded like it was some kind of international kind of thing, potentially, but it was going to be co-branded. So something we're going to be seeing in the next couple of quarters that will be co-branded. They've never done this before. So he sounded very excited about that. So can't wait to see what that's going to be. Yeah. Also, I thought it was interesting that Barry was like, yeah, we need to improve our rowing content. And he's like, that's not due to research. That's just me as a user. I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, another interesting thing. He talked about how engagement is up with people who have all access and that he said, but you got to make it easy to find. The engineering team will continue to work on making that personalization happen. But get this, guys. Lane Break has off the charts engagement. And I found this fascinating. More male in users and much younger. And he said same with Power Zone. So they're going to really lean into that personalization. So if you are male and you are younger, you're going to be getting a lot of opportunities to be. <laughs> I think you're going to be served Lane Break. <laughs> well, and I don't think that's surprising at all to me. Like, I mean, it's a video game and video games are more popular with young males. So it makes total sense that that would resonate with that demo. And also they made a comment about their new marketing campaign will be targeting a younger demo. They did. They did. And they said as far as like what they've seen so far with people who've been added as subs that don't necessarily have hardware, they said that it hasn't been very different than what they've seen in the past. I found it interesting that it was more professional females who see the advantage of being able to have a lot of variety and flexibility, which makes sense. For uh, sure. Absolutely. But I just thought it was interesting that it was females. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I think that is it. I mean, I felt like this was a very exciting quarter. I felt like this was the most exciting call that I've listened to since Barry has been in charge. And I just really feel like they're in a good place. They're really starting to get momentum. And everybody seems very, very positive. Market's up. It was two and a half percent when we first started recording. Yeah, that's still what the ticker on our website says anyway. Yeah. Okay. I also felt like the questions this time were more legitimate information seeking questions and not like we think you're a dip could you expand yeah there was a lot less can you expand and a lot more like people just accepted what was in the shareholders letter i think that's the first time that's occurred to yeah you. the questions seemed a lot less adversarial than they have over the last few calls yeah everybody seemed more relaxed on this yeah. call both presenters and people asking questions <laughs> I'm still chuckling over that one lady that asked a question and Liz Cotter was like, or Coddington was like, huh? It was funny because when she asked the question, you were like, I don't understand what she's asking. And Liz was instantly like, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? But in people? (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. Overall, I think this is all really great. I'm really excited. Oh, they also talked about new content. They're going to continue to release new content types. So we're going to continue to see new things coming out on the app and new types of content. I'm really excited about that. So I'm also like, I can't keep up as it is, but keep it coming. Keep it (laughs) coming. (laughs) I think that's going to be the real differentiator as other companies try to carve off a slice of their pie is just there's so much content in the Peloton ecosystem that you're just not going to get elsewhere. And I don't know that anybody's even approximating things like lane break. No, no. I mean, they're already 
ahead of the game there. There are some companies that are doing gaming, but they don't do the rest of what Peloton does. So, yes, that's all you would get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I just think that as people decide to go down this fitness rabbit hole and they're weighing apps, I think even people that get a little snarky about Peloton because it's so established that there's the backlash. I think when they start comparing it as a value proposition, they're going to look at it and go, well, I mean, it's not even a close call. I absolutely agree with that. And I feel like, I don't know, there's just a lot to be excited about. Like, I'm curious to see what the new marketing campaign is like. I'm I'm curious to see what the new app offerings are going to be. And as soon as we get any word on any of that and we're able to share, because sometimes they're like, hey, here's what's going on, but we can't talk about it yet. We will definitely be sharing that. So I'm super, super excited to see the first time I've been excited about new offerings in a (laughs) while. So yay. I love being excited about Peloton. And I love it when you're excited. But uh, (laughs) but yeah, it was a good call. It's nice to see that it does seem to be riding the ship. There was one thing I was super, super disappointed about, though, across the board. None of the questions, not Barry, not Liz, not one person referred to today as May 4th. Not one. (laughs) There was there were no Star Wars puns. I was a little disappointed. Tom, do you have one? Oh, man. I'm half asleep. I know. I was just trying. (laughs) I was trying. So something about the force being with us today because it was a good call. Yes, absolutely. So I guess there's your earnings call recap and we will now return you to your regularly scheduled clip out already in progress. Peloton in the news. Post class recommendations are beginning to roll out for iOS users on the app. They are. And I think they might just be testing us for now because it's not everybody. And it it seems to be like here and there. It's a little spotty. It is for iOS only. And once it's out there, it shows you different classes that would match well with the classes that you are already taking. So if you got a little bit more juice in the tank, it's giving you something that's not like another 60 minute power zone class. But it's like, here's a quick... Well, and it's also on the app. The interesting thing about that is we've been seeing stuff similar to this on the bike and on the tread, but this is showing up specifically on the app. That part is new. So if you're doing something that's just app only, it's nice because it encourages you to keep going as well. And it kind of reduces taps, the amount of taps that you need to do if you are looking for a new class. I see. Do you think maybe they do this already? I don't know, because why would I? Sure. But why indeed? But do you think it has a thing baked into where it knows what other equipment you have? So it could be like, hey, person who just finished a bike class, we know you own a rower. Here's a quick 10 minute row you could do. Well, since it's on the app, I don't think that's what it's trying to do. That makes sense. But for the other ones, if it's on the app, I kind of think they're banking on you don't have equipment. Sure. But having said that, if you're using it at a gym, you kind of have access to all the things. Right. So I'm not really sure. I know that Peloton has said before since Barry has taken over and they've been doubling down on the user experience, like getting more specific with the things you do and you take, like making it more like Netflix. So, yeah, I I, just about to say the same thing. This feels very Netflix like in terms of like here, try the next thing. But I guess you also have to be careful because if you watch 10 shows in a row, you just wasted a day. But if you do 10 workouts in a row, that's probably too many. That is true. And who knows what they'll decide to do with that. But I do agree. However, I think that this is a step in that direction of trying to make it more personalized. I feel like it's kind of laying the groundwork for something else bigger that they're working on. That makes sense. Just a hunch. The Peloton Tread is celebrating five years of existence. 
five years. You can't call it a birthday. <laughs> I would feel bad for whoever had to give birth to that. Hopefully it was a cesarean because... <laughs> Oof. Well, last I checked, people don't give birth to machines. Now, but, that uh, would be a workout. <laughs> I just am so excited to see these pictures. Like, it really brings back the nostalgia. Also, wow, five years since we've known yeah. these tread instructors. Oh, and Christopher Street Studio. Oh, I miss. <laughs> I miss the days. Look at those baby faces and all those instructors. <laughs> it's only been five years, but... It's interesting to go back and look at their pictures side by side. It's just very interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like Maddie looks very young, and it's not like he looks old now, no. but he just looks... He has more of a baby face, yeah, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they yeah. all do. It's very interesting. Lots of Mother's Day stuff going on So this is Peloton. your chance to back away, turn it off yes. if you don't want to hear it. But yeah, lots of stuff going on. So they're having a Mother's Day event, the Magic of Motherhood. <laughs> yes, and it is going to be featuring Jess King... Not just Sims and also Robin Arzan. Why do I say that? Because the first email that went out accidentally said just Sims and there was lots of confusion around Oops. that since just Sims like, is not yet a mom. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's also been a little kerfluffle. Both of the moms that are featured here are moms that are recent and they Very are new to motherhood. New to motherhood. Yeah. yeah. They got little ones at home. So there's some people that are theorizing, well, this is probably to reach out to moms who are younger or just starting out. And then there's other people that feel like, oh, it would have been nice. Or maybe they still will have an event that might be towards older kids. Some of the moms who are on the staff that are older. Different phases of motherhood. Exactly. Because being a mom can encompass a lot of things. I will tell you from my own experience, because I'm old, the difference between caring for an infant and a 16-year-old is awful. And it's the same, but it's very different. They require constant attention in a very different way. Yeah. And now they can tell you exactly what they want and argue with you, unlike when they're an <laughs> yeah. infant. See, when they're babies, they can't tell you what they mm -hmm. want. When they're teenagers, they can, but won't. Yeah. Or they'll argue <laughs> with you about nothing. And yeah. everything is, oh, so dramatic. Yeah. So dramatic. But unlike babies, you can shake teenagers. <laughs> no, no. Don't. No. Don't. No. But in all seriousness, being a mom, being a parent... Because regardless of what gender you are or how parent you are one, if you have children, and there's a lot of ways to do that. And it's a journey. It's a journey. So hopefully we will see some more events that encompass some other types, other phases of life. Peloton Apparel is also celebrating Mother's Day. Yes. All the moms who had babies this year were featured in a video for Peloton Apparel. And we had a few that had, now see this one, they did, they did include some other kinds of moms like <laughs> Callie being a dog mom and Jen Sherman and Kristen McGee with their older kids and some other instructors who have dogs. They included them as well. And of course, the cat moms. Can't forget the cat moms. <laughs> so it's a cute video. It always makes me happy to see all the babies and the animals. I love the animals. And final Mother's Day story, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So they are looking for mother and child stories. They being Peloton, because that's what the show's about. Right. Yeah. They're looking for a special Peloton story between a Peloton mom and child. Stay tuned for a special Mother's Day Instagram campaign featuring your story. You can submit anything ranging from shouting out your Peloton mom and child, sharing how Peloton has brought you together, 
or a memorable Peloton experience you had together. Deadline May 5th. So get on it. Yeah. I think it's uh, Jen Ely and her daughter, Caroline. I bet they submit for this because they are like the mom-daughter team that I think of when I think of this because they have been doing that for a long time. And I'll tell you another one, Melissa Holt and her mom also. They've both been doing Peloton with yeah. their kids for a long time. And there was a lady we just interviewed a couple weeks ago with her daughter. Ah, Trisha. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They'd be good for this. They would. So many good stories. I can't wait to see what they come up with. So there's a guy named Dr. Jump Rope. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say not his birth name. I would say that that is probably yeah. true. He is a five-time cancer survivor and has had both hips replaced, and he's attempting to set a Guinness World Record on a Peloton bike. I think he already set a Guinness Book World Record for the number of times he has survived cancer. Like For I'm, real? No, I don't oh, know. I don't know. I he mean, I don't know. Like I, I have no idea how many times. It's a lot. Times. Not trying to take that away. I would no, just I assume know. that there's probably some poor I, bastard who's had more. I've you know? never heard of five times. Yeah, like, for really? Sure. Like, you think that there's some... I mean, first of all... I hope not. I hope somebody not had had to endure that. But man, he just keeps going. So here's the deal. What he's going to do is 100 miles at the maximum resistance of 100 on his Peloton bike. Oof. Yeah. I'm curious if he's doing this with a regular bike or a bike plus not to be rude to Dr. Jump Rope. Okay. But you can jack a bike pretty easily. Well, and not even to say that he's jacked a bike, but he might have some bikes are easier than others. He might not even realize. Exactly. Exactly. So he is titling this the Max Max 100 Peloton Rides. Either way, very cool that he is doing it. And I wish him nothing but luck. I can't wait to hear more details because I'd like to hear little things like that. You know, I'm always curious about that kind of stuff. So good luck to Dr. Jump Rope. I hope it goes well. You think he's a medical doctor or you think that's think that's like a PhD? I think his jump rope gave him a PhD. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he came up with that. Peloton in court. You might remember a while back, there's so many Peloton lawsuits to keep track of. So maybe they should have them be like trading cards. Collect them all and trade with your friends. Well, this one's pretty old, too. This one has been around for a while. I feel like... Not counting the music-based lawsuits, this is one of the oldest ones. It is. It is. Agreed. And so Peloton was getting sued over using the phrase ever-growing library because they purged all the classes because of the music lawsuits and then immediately started building it back up. Now, this is back in 2018 for people who are thinking like recent purge or you started in 2020. This is old, old stuff. Yes. Old stuff. They had purged all the black and white classes. That's how long ago (laughs) this was. And it was it, the largest purge ever in Peloton's history. Yeah, you think people lose their minds now? Oh, please. Y'all, it was gray days. Yes. It was ugly. And so they were sued for that because you said ever growing. And for like three week window, it wasn't ever growing because you pulled some classes. And a judge has thrown that suit out. Yeah. He just shut it down. I skimmed the article. I didn't get a chance to really focus on it because I've been super busy today. But from what it sounds like, They were saying that all of the complaints were very individualized, that there wasn't like a large group of people who all had the same complaint. It was a lot of people complaining about different aspects where they were just like, well, that's more of an inconvenience than 
And so, therefore, they couldn't be a class action lawsuit. Right. So they lost their class. Them. They lost their yeah. class status. So the whole suit is thrown out. Doesn't mean it can't come back because they could reformat it somehow. Right. But the way it currently stands, they have lost their class status. So they out. Which I always thought this one should be thrown out. It yeah, was this kind one of all, ridiculous. Yeah, like what's the uh, poppery, puff, puffery, puffery, puffery? There's a legal term called puffery, which is like not poppery. Yeah, which is essentially businesses are going to make claims that are puffed up. So you For have commercial to, purposes. You have to decide when is it a lie, i.e., this will cure cancer. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. Versus this is the best soda in the world. Well, that's puffery and subjective. And you can't really sue for that, right? Yes, but when they said it was a puffery, they did get shut down for that. Yeah. Peloton lost that piece of it. I don't think they should have. But they did. But they did. But I guess ever growing can be measured. That was their theory. Yeah, I mean, it's quantifiable, but they... It was just a weird set of circumstances, Especially though. because I don't think anyone can argue about the commitment to creation of content that Peloton has. Mm-hmm. And so... Just because they had to take a step backwards to take 45 step forward, it was, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And coming up after this, we're going to talk to Dr. Jen. She's going to help you strike a balance between having to and wanting to. So stick around. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. 
So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Getting the psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. She also has a wonderful app you should check out called No More Diets. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hi. Hello. I have actually, it's two questions, but they're kind of the same, but they're coming from two different directions. Okay. So one is from Julia Furtado Lavoy, and she says she feels like the biggest struggle she experiences this time of year is the myriad of parties and invitations that crop up everywhere, cutting into her time. And it's hard to balance weddings, birthdays, travel, etc. But then you have another one from Donna McKillop Kosola, and she says trying to fit in everything that she wants to do, bike, tennis, pickleball, strength training, prioritizing. They feel like the same thing, right? Yeah, I get this. And I think that one thing we've learned from the last three plus years is that life is too short. And I think that it's really important that we prioritize the things that are important to us. And that this kind of comes back to a theme we've talked about recently, which is the shoulds. (laughs) Yes. And I think that it's important to evaluate how many of these weddings do you really want to go to? How many of them will you actually be able to connect with the bride and groom and have a fun time? How many of these events are things you really care about? How many of these are things that will be memories that you think about beyond that day. And I think that it's important to really look at what are your priorities, what's consistent with your priorities, what is meaningful and what is not, and what are you doing to please other people as opposed to because it's really important to you. And I think sometimes we have to spend some time being mindful and cleaning house and kind of going like, hey, this is someone who I've been friends with We have different values. We have different philosophies. Maybe this person isn't that important to me anymore, but I haven't really thought about it and I haven't really reevaluated. And so I think that we want to also really kind of look at kind of the different categories of like time with friends, exercise, milestone events, travel, and kind of look at, okay, of those things, am I doing the things the categories that are most important to me and am I finding balance? If each is a piece of the pie, making sure you've got a piece of each pie or one piece of each of that pie so <laughs> to find that balance. I think that's really important. I think you're absolutely right. I like that. And I think it reminds me of an Alanis Morissette song. There was this line, this one line that's always stuck with me. That oh, it's about always, the theater? No, mm-hmm. no, oh, Tom. We are in very different pages right now. <laughs> but it's so, why is it so easy to get stuck and so hard to stay unstuck or something like that and not the other way around? And I feel like being mindful is such a easy thing to say. And it's so hard to do because of our patterns, our habits. And we tend to go on autopilot. Yeah. And I think that the world is very conducive to autopilot. It's not super conducive to checking in with ourselves and being mindful and kind of looking at where we are and taking our own temperature, emotionally speaking. I think the human brain is conducive to that. I mean, how many times you drive to work and if somebody asked you about your drive, you'd have no recollection of it. Totally. I Absolutely. think it's a great point. Yeah. It's a really great point. Awesome. Well, thank you for all that. Until next time, where can people find you? People can find me on all social media at Dr. Jen Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on man. I post my 
Peloton workouts. And of course, you guys find me here on the clip out. Yay! Instructors in the news. We have a new tread instructor. Not a new instructor, but an instructor who you've seen before that's now a tread instructor. Mariana Fernandez. I've been hoping for this for a while. There have been hints, but it is actually <laughs> happening. And I'm so excited that she is going to be doing this. What a perfect combination between running and yoga. Love her running for yoga classes and programs. And I am super excited that she's going to be joining the tread lineup. And her premiere run is tomorrow night, May 4th, 7 p.m. Eastern. So by the time you hear this, if you haven't already taken it, you need to hop on the tread and make sure you take it right away. Welcome, Mariana. Emma Lovewell is making the rounds to support her new book. And she was on CBS News this morning. She sure was. And they have like a five minute clip so you can check it out. She talks about Peloton, her book, and lots of little details. I think that you're probably going to be hearing stuff you've already heard. There was nothing that was like, oh, my God, new information you must know. But we are very happy for Emma. Her book officially launched this week. And now is the time to order it if you haven't already. Absolutely. And she was also featured in Elle magazine. Yes. Learning to date yourself. Not like how old you are. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I date myself every day. <laughs> oh, you do with your old timey references. Yes. Faux show. <laughs> Remember when you had to put it on channel three to play video games? <laughs> Remember when you had to go change the channel for your dad? <laughs> <laughs> I had to go downstairs to get beer. Yes. And also while we're talking about Emma, she is now a sponsor of Michiru. Well, they're her sponsor. They're her sponsor? Yeah, and it's hair care, if you're wondering. Uh, Japanese-inspired ingredients like rice protein, sakura flour, citrus yuzu, and silk powder. Gotcha. But you can get these products at Target. So, cool. Hair care is such an important part of my life. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. So, Bex Gentry ran in a marathon over the weekend. (laughs) Women run the world. (laughs) It was a half marathon. Half marathon. (laughs) I love when you try to figure out what the hell my notes mean. Yes. It's so funny. And she came in second, though, second at the Shape and Health Women's Half Marathon. She really is an incredible runner. Don't forget, she just had a freaking child and she just got back to work. And she's like, oh, that was easy. Let me just go ahead and almost run this race I barely trained for. She got gave it. birth during the marathon. <laughs> it's a half marathon. At mile nine. She was just like, done. Kept running. She put the baby with the gear bag and she picked it up at the end. They got a system for it. It's crazy. They don't. They don't. Everything I just said was 100% true. (laughs) Congrats to Bex. I mean, seriously, what an accomplishment. That's incredible. And apologies to all the runners who slipped in the placenta. Ew. Oh, my God. Gross. Except for Ed Kowalczyk. Speaking of running, (laughs) I'm not even going to say what kind of run it was because I'm going to be wrong. (laughs) Pretty sure this was a half marathon. He did a 5K. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) No. Jeffrey McEachern also ran. Again, I think it was a half marathon. And he was very happy to get his medal. Did a great job out there. Didn't come in second place, but he kicked ass nonetheless. And finally, for our running portion, (laughs) Susie Chan 
was did what was it called the bad water there it is so awful it's, it's 81 miles of running through the desert into the mountains and the night so you have to understand you start in the desert and then you go up through the mountains with a thousand feet of elevation into the mountains so the weather changes the elevation changes it's all insane nine thousand feet yeah here's the deal not only was she worried about finishing this she finished it and Get this. She finished in the freaking top 10. That's crazy. This is the one she had to be invited to. Correct? Yes. Yeah. This was invite only. Yeah. Also, next week, we will be talking to Laura Watts, who also ran this race and had finished Badwater before. So apparently there's like three in this series. And this was Susie's second of three. So she will be getting a mega medallion when she does number three. And uh, I say when, because she yeah. will. She so will. be worse water. Worse water. <laughs> Baddest water. Yes. <laughs> she was also on the Runner's World podcast. She Runner's World UK. Run- oh, sorry. My well, apologies. I only say that because there is a Runner's World in the U.S. podcast. And I just gotcha. want to make sure because they're magazines. So they're two separate ah, podcasts. I see. And I love this subject. I haven't gotten to listen yet, but how to make treadmill running fun. Duh. Make Susie Chan do it. <laughs> <laughs> make her teach it. And it's fun. It's the best ever. So, yeah, it's real simple. Cody Rigsby will be taking part in Pop Sugar's Playground. I don't know what that is, but it's an event and there are still tickets available. Friday, June 2nd in Los Angeles. So hop to it. Yeah. Bradley Rose was on the Marketing Unfiltered podcast talking about his stroke and dealing with criticism. And you need to know that it's his wife interviewing him because it's his wife's podcast. Ah, just making I, sure you knew that. I did not know that. I saw that it says tea with my husband, <laughs> but I thought it was somebody like being cute. Like when all the ladies are like, ooh, he's my husband. Yeah. Because they like him so much. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were actually betrothed. Yes, they are. <laughs> That's Congrats. why I wanted to make sure you knew that. <laughs> yes. Someone needs to explain things to me. I know. That's what you're here for. It is. Christine Dierkeles spoke at the Heart of Florida United Way's 16th annual Women United Luncheon. Phew, you got all that out. Well, luckily it was written in the post. So thank you, Christine, for doing that. (laughs) See, she makes things easy on me. And she also spoke about mental fitness, which is a great topic, especially as we enter. What is this mental health month? Mental health awareness month. That's the one. Yes. And she's always talking about this. It's great info. And Robin was at the BTIG Commissions for Charity day event thing i don't know what that is don't know but it I must just know be a big she... deal because bill clinton is there yeah she got to meet lots of people robin roberts yankees manager aaron boone a whole bunch of influential figures and the part that i thought was cool personally is that she was excited to share that potteristas is one of the beneficiaries of the exceptional event so they raise money and then they give it to charities and potteristas was one of them so that's cool She also had a post explaining swagger points, kind of. Yeah. I mean, listen, I started off really trying to be (laughs) positive about this whole thing. I made that clear. I wanted to learn about it. I wanted to share it with you. At this point, I kind of just don't care. I'm really done. But if you do care, here's the deal. You can get some points by buying a bunch of Then you get points. And then she gives you more like memberships, merch, tickets, and you have to complete monthly challenges to get them. 
Okay. So it's just too exhausting. I do enough things. That's why I'm calling it that. It's just like, I don't need one more thing to do. But I know that there are people that are into this. So so have at it. Yeah. Get into it. Do your thing. That's awesome. And Robin was also on CNBC this week. She sure was. Talking Uh, about reinventing herself and building her Peloton brand. Well, that she has done. For sure. Jen Sherman posted this week a clip of her first ever Peloton photo shoot. I got to say, I find it interesting that the week that they received their timelines, this got posted. Yeah. I think we might have sparked a little nostalgia. You're welcome, Jen Sherman. A little walk down memory lane. You're welcome. But it is very cool to see this uh, footage. I love it. I'm so glad it's out there somewhere still. For sure. Yeah. Saw Tom Cortese did the same thing. So we got people pulling out footage everywhere. (laughs) Coming up next, we're going to talk to Angelo from MetPro. If you work out and since you listen to this podcast, I can't imagine you don't. It would be weird if you didn't. But you've probably wondered, how should you eat if you're going to eat after a workout? Well, he's going to help walk you through that. So stick around. Clip out. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Angelo from MetPro here to answer all of your fitness and nutrition questions. Hello. Hi. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Oh, we're so glad you're here. Karen Diodanto needs your help. She says she has no understanding of how to eat after a workout. She gave an example that the day before she ran 11 miles. She said, do I now use this as an excuse to eat a lot? Or do I eat normally? I have no clue. I'm pretty sure I know what Angela is going to say here. You are correct, Tom. What's the answer? Say it, Tom. It depends. It depends. I would like to take you now. This is what goes on in my head. Oh, geez. Flashback in time to Angelo's wedding. (laughs) Angelo, do you take this woman as your lawfully wedded wife? It depends. I'd have been a dead man. I was like, I don't think Ashley would stand for that at all. (laughs) There's a lot of factors at play here. And more often than not, sure. (laughs) So what's really helpful? So what I want to invite our listeners to do is when you have a question, Give some superfluous detail, even if it's you don't feel like it's just don't write an essay, but just a small couple sentence background. So here's what I always want to know. So if I met you the first time we're on the phone, we're doing a consultation together. You're going to have a question. Here's what I need to know. I need to know what are your goals? What have you been doing? In other words, okay, are you exercising How many days a week and roughly what kind of exercise, what duration? I don't need to know how many sets were upright rows versus bicep curls. We don't need to go there. That level of nuance, just 11 miles. That's great. How often are you doing that? How many days a week are you training? And then is your goal, are you trying to improve performance? Are you trying to improve body composition? Are you doing a hybrid of both? And if it is a hybrid, what is your priority in that? Because those are all the things that are going to influence the correct answer. The problem in the industry today is that there is a ton of great information floating around there. You get all these gurus and none of them agree. One says do this and the other one says do that. It's not that one is right and one is wrong. Typically, it's that it depends on your circumstance, what you're trying to accomplish. So in your case, Karen, what you want to do is if it's a purely performance 
It's purely a performance equation. You want to fuel more. You want to give your body everything it needs to optimally recover and then a little, not a lot, a little above that. That is what is going to put you in the best position for your body to have all the resources it needs to replenish from the activity that you've just done, recover and repair connective tissue, muscle tissue, and microtrauma, and get you into an anabolic hormonal state which favors repair and faster recovery time so you can get back out and run again. Now, there is the huge caveat to that, and that is the degree to which you apply that is going to be heavily influenced by well, I also have a propensity to put on weight and I'm trying to actually decrease my body weight. And I'm, okay, so now we want to mix and match and manage that. So in that case, the answer is always still recovery enough, adding enough fuel to where you can recover adequately. But if once you're recovering adequately, if your goal is fat loss, reduced body weight, then, of course, you want to give your body just what it needs, recognizing that the point of calorie depletion, glycogen depletion, is to put you into a deficit which requires your body to tap reserves, which is by default never as efficient. It's never going to be optimized for performance. And that's what people have to balance between. The confusion comes from in the industry. You get individuals very passionate about one strategy with food or exercise. And so they tend to sometimes make it sound as if this works for all scenarios. It doesn't matter. This is the best way to eat, no matter what your goal is. And that's simply not true. That might be true for that person. But if you actually work over large amounts of people and evaluate data sets, you will find that is very not true. In fact, just the opposite is going to be the case. Each person is going to flourish under a highly unique set of parameters nutritionally and with their training. Of course, that's the nerdy stuff that we geek out on all the time. But Karen probably just wants a simple answer, doesn't she, guys? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking probably. <laughs> yeah. <It> depends. <laughs> I uh, found that how people eat is a lot like religion. Like people find the thing that works for them and then they're like, everything else is a lie. You have to do the thing I'm doing. What I prioritize. So as far as a hierarchy, I know this may surprise you, but I actually will ask my clients before asking for a post-workout recovery meal. I will ask them, are you getting at least three meals a day? If you're not getting a consistent breakfast, lunch, dinner, we don't even need to talk about adding post work. You need to start there just because that's critical for your recovery. Really, I like to see a minimum of four meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and at least one snack. If you're already getting all of that, then start adding post-workout recovery. Otherwise, you're just missing meals that should be coming anyway. You should have had that breakfast before you went out on your training run, or you should have lunch right after you get back from it. So get your base meal plan in place. Once that's in place, then start looking to add post-workout recovery meals. And it can be something simple. You can do a protein shake that has carbohydrates in it. You just want something that doesn't have a high fat or fiber content in it post-workout. 
an answer. I was. It was an answer. That was very direct. <laughs> and also superfluous information helps me make jokes about you. That's true. So, <laughs> and even better reason to include it. So if people would like this sort of stuff tailor-made for themselves and their fitness journeys, where can they find you? Metpro.co slash TCO. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Other Connected Fitness. Amazon came out with Halo a while back. Yeah. Which is not ice cream. Mm -mm. And it was their, I guess, kind of Fitbit killer trying to do what Whoop does, right? Yeah, they were trying to do what Whoop does. They were trying to measure a bunch of things by you having a wearable. And like you were supposed to be able to see how your body changed over time and how your stress was changing over time. Like in theory, you could speak and it would pick up on the stress level in your voice and then like be like, dude, calm down, calm <laughs> down, which would be a problem because it would always be yelling at me if I had one. <laughs> and then you would be less calm and then would <laughs> tell you to calm down even more and just a vicious We would cycle. end up getting divorced. Yes. It would be a whole thing. Why are you going to marry your <laughs> Halo device? But anyway... <laughs> you would now be a widow because Halo is dead. Yeah, they killed it off. Not that this is shocking at all. And it it's was a not little going... shocking in that for years, I feel like Amazon would just hold on to things and not let them go. No, that's true. You know, it's just not shocking. It didn't work for because sure. people really did not like this thing. Like, I don't know anybody that had one. Well, one person commented they liked theirs, but liked Apple Watch better. Besides that, I have never seen anybody say anything positive about this thing. That's funny. Yeah. So there has to be a lot of high fives going around the Whoop offices that day. Well, based on the posts that they have made, I would say that that is true. Basically, they were kind of like, yeah, we told you not to steal our yeah. And uh, not as it, easy as we make it look. Right. And, you know, Whoop, to their credit, has always been focused on one thing, and that is making a wearable, not a watch, not a tracker. Right. They've been focused on having a wearable that gives you functional data. They have come up with some really cool stuff, especially this year, that has really blown me out of the water, like blown me away and yeah. blown competitors out of the water. So, yeah, I think they are high five in each other. I had gotten very close to the point where I was just like, okay, I'm just going to use my Apple Watch. But Whoop just keeps up in the game and keeps convincing me to stick around. Their newest one with the strength thing is just freaking awesome. But getting back to Amazon and Halo, they ended it. They are giving people refunds. <laughs> and the sad part is they laid off like 3000 people. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. Yeah. In case you missed it. So the Peloton Studios account posted there this week at Peloton Weekly Post. Yeah, we've got new mobility classes. We have the Star Wars classes. And I had a bunch of other stuff listed here. So it's all gone. There's going to be some kind of, I don't know what a VASEC, VASIC recovery classes. There's also... Well, I used frozen peas for mine. Did you? Yeah. Oh, of course. Asian Pacific Islander, Islander Heritage Month. God, I cannot get that one right no matter what I do. <laughs> Every year I jack it up. But those classes are getting ready to start. They haven't posted the schedule yet. By the time you hear this, they may have, though. But I'm excited to see those classes we have. And we also have the Ryopi meditation that's going to be posting soon or that did post. So by the time you hear this, Samyo's Star Wars class will have taken place. Mm -hmm. But I guess he had some special info about his it's just a teaser. Like yeah. he's teasing something unique. I don't know that it'll really be unique. It just him with a lightsaber. I don't think it's going to be anything different than a class, but there might be the way Peloton does things. I could totally see them doing something cool with like the lighting and that yeah. kind of stuff. 
And you never know, maybe there will be like somebody from the production company or something like that showing up. Or Yoda visits. Yoda, like he'll have like a tiny Yoda. If they have the real baby Yoda in the studio with him, I'll be very... For Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway, enjoy. I'm sure it'll be very cool. So Marcel Maurer has a balance challenge coming up. Well, he just did it in the video, babe. Oh, I thought it was like a whole thing. It no. was just something he was doing in this video. Yeah, he just posted it. Ah. I wanted to see if I could get you to do it. Oh, hell no. I suck at this. <laughs> Which is why I wanted to see if you yeah. could do so it. So in the video, he's basically on one foot, bending over, putting on a shoe. And, then, and sock. And sock. And then tying it all while on one leg. Yeah. Oh, hell no. And then he switches and, and does the other one. Yeah. With the other leg never touching. I no. think I could do it. I don't think you could. Wow, coming in hot. I mean, the tying it part is going to be rough. I don't know. I think I could do it. We should see. Well, I know I can't do it. So there's no reason for me to attempt it. If you like the EDM, and really, who doesn't? I don't really care. But uh, but there are people out there, obviously, it's a very popular form of music, just not my jam. But if you like the EDM, Jess King has a class for you coming up. EDM, EDU, where I guess they're using all EDM music and DJ John Michael, I'm sure, is helping out. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I got nothing. You love the EDM. I don't like anything about this ad. I don't like anything about this. <laughs> it's just not my thing. I am not the demo. No, but that's okay. It is. Peloton birthdays. But here's something you do like. Susie Chan's birthday. Susie Chan. Her birthday is coming up on May 10th. Happy birthday, Susie Chan. Don't forget to wish Susie Chan a happy birthday. And coming up after this, we're going to have our long lost interview (laughs) with the ever patient Dr. Mark Shapiro. So stick around. Checking in with the Peloton community. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Mark Shapiro. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? We just brought you on so I could ask you. I got this thing. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't be the first. (laughs) And for the however long we're recording, I'd prefer it if you called me Dr. Shapiro. (laughs) Duly noted. I will uh, put that in my show notes here, Mark. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well played. Well played, sir. Nicely done. Oh, my God. Sometimes when we travel, I will put in the hotel when they ask for a name. I'll put doctor just because they'll give you a better room sometimes. Yeah. They will? Yeah. yeah. You should should totally try that. You should try it. You should. Because I end up in the room by the elevator dinging and I'm like, oh, God, I went to medical school for this. (laughs) It's so awkward, though, because then they'll be like, Dr. O'Keefe. And I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) Or worse yet, Dr. O'Keefe, can you look at this thing? (laughs) I can't help you. I'm a gynecologist. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> See, I got it all planned out. Like, I know how to duck and weave. I'm here for the ride. Yeah. Y'all. Wow. Uh, you all DM'd me to say you want to come on this Peloton podcast. I was like, yeah, sure. Whew. Whenever you're ready to get the Peloton. I, <laughs> I've been trying, yeah. sadly. <laughs> Once Tom gets going, it's hard to get back oh on track. So, how did Not- you originally find Peloton, Dr. Shapiro? <laughs> <laughs> So Dr. Shapiro is my grandpa and Dr. Shapiro is my dad. I'm a third generation physician and I'm Mark okay. for sure. Okay. Um, I was totally joking when I said that. But yeah, you know, it's funny. I remember when Peloton came out like many do. And at the time I was really active on social media. I still am. 
I was firmly in that camp of this is so not for me. This is really expensive, almost like elitist, detached, not understand, not where the people were. I still had a gym membership at the time. I had an old exercise bike that was fine. I mean, I didn't kind of have a sense of what it could be. And I just didn't connect with it very much. But I remember seeing stuff around it and seeing kind of what was in the zeitgeist. And it was being poked fun at. And it was a very easy target. That was my introduction to it, for sure. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so ultimately, when you hear back in the day, when you heard that initial price point, it was kind of like, whoa. But we, she got it pretty fairly early in like 2015 yeah. i got it in 2016 2016 yeah and uh like, i wouldn't have even remembered it was 2016 when they started coming out that's how sort of detached i am i remember like when i started with mine but it was that long ago wow yeah and yeah. that's just when i got mine july 15th 2016 if you're wondering that's my pillow anniversary. But it's a value proposition, right? Like when you actually sit down and figure out what it costs you to do a spin class and then also just the BS of setting one up, like all of a sudden that sticker price is a lot more manageable. For sure. It is. And I think that for me, my kind of pathway into this thing that I'm now really passionate about and I do interact with pretty much every day, talk about with friends every day, have built friendships and collaborations all around the country through this sort of shared platform. And I'm very active on Twitter and our community. There's hashtag Peloton Med Twitter, <laughs> of which there are many, many, many hundreds of people that are engaging on it. It really started around the pandemic, around when COVID-19 hit, because like many others, I wasn't going to go to the gym. And like those in my community, you know, healthcare professionals were now doing some very, very stressful things on top of what was already a very challenging job. I'm a hospital-based physician, so all of my work with patients is done in the hospital. I need a physical outlet of exercise and some routine and things that are, feel aspirational. I love being coached. I like doing things with other people. And there was this sense of, wait a minute, that is all gone. And in parallel, my professional work is really, really difficult right now. And I think if you were to have 10 nurses, physicians, respiratory therapists, healthcare professionals of any sort and say, what was it like in quarter one of 2020? You'd hear a pretty similar narrative. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I remember having a conversation with my wife and my parents and we're like, okay, as a family, like, how are we going to navigate this? And all of them are like, Mark, for your self-care, you have to exercise. You can't go to the gym. Just go for it. You're not going to be paying a gym membership. Just do it. Just get the new bike. It was also, I think, at a change where the bike price had gone down. Just get it. Just do it. And I did. And we're off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when did you end up officially getting the bike? April 2020. I don't remember the exact date, but it was the first part of the month because I remember I did a birthday ride on April 28th of 2020. Aww. So you pulled so the I, trigger quick because... Oh, no. It was really like this was part of the how are we going to navigate this, right? right. We're, okay, we're not doing school. I'm seeing COVID patients in the hospital. This is right at the beginning. Mom and dad, are you okay? My sister and her family, are you guys okay? All right, cool. How are we taking care of each other? And part of that kind of family conversation for all of us too was, how are we going to take care of each other? Mark, this is going to be rough. You have to take care of yourself. Part of that is going to be for your mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Some exercise. Let's get this tool. And your family sounds was, awesome. Yeah. It was really good. And, and was, you lucked out because it's only a, probably a few weeks after that that all of a sudden... It's taken months totally. to get a Peloton. Yeah. So. I was right inside that window. I got mine within two or three weeks of yeah. placing the order. And I remember the people who delivered it were like, 
We're going to put this on your Dump porch. Dump it in on your leaving. front porch. Yeah. Yep, yeah. And we're off. You're going to figure it out. Like, That's fine. They were using Instacart to deliver them. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was going to believe you. No. Crystal, if you had me laugh, I said, oh, okay, sure. That's my cue to let you know that was Yes, don't. <laughs> you shouldn't believe me. <laughs> Take a healthy dose of oh skepticism with whatever Tom says. Yeah, you can sure. tell his serious voice, but if he starts, you know, if he starts saying something like, you oh, know, don't give away my PR voice. Give away my well, my tells. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! So but yeah, that was the introduction for sure. My first ride was with Alex Toussaint. And I remember it was a club bangers ride. What is this? <laughs> loved it. I mean, just loved it. And then just started ripping through all the coaches, all the instructors, all bike, like a complete Luddite. I wasn't doing anything but riding. And I paid the price for that down the road because I wasn't stretching. I was just like, yeah, let's go. PR everything. Let's go hidden hills. Um, oh, so you went hard in every class. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am who I am. Okay. Well, I can tell you. She's like, are you okay? I'm <laughs> fine. I loved it. And just I rode with every coach a bunch of times. Kind of, they're authentic, but they all have their own kind of shtick. They've got their kind of rhythms and the way they like to run their classes. So I found the ones that I felt like really resonated with me. And I just tore into it. Absolutely tore into it. Who are the instructors that resonate with you? Right out of the gate was Alex Toussaint, Emma Lovewell, and Dennis Morton. Oh, and then interesting going through, again, those first few months, there's a lot of instructors and there was already a huge archive. So I'm digging through everything. Kendall tool had some metal rides in the archive and I just threw down on those. <laughs> you want to PR with me? Let's do a metal ride and we're going to get after it. <laughs> like I'm going to do one this afternoon. Woo! I'm fired up already. <laughs> but that being said, at the same time too, it was, I was very active on Twitter at that point. I have a decent sized profile, particularly within healthcare professionals who use Twitter and this conversation was starting to happen. Hey, how are we taking care of ourselves? We're all conversing around what are we seeing? You know, the first cases are up in Washington. What are we seeing and learning from there? Okay, now we're seeing cases in New York. Now we're seeing cases everywhere. What strategies are working? How are you guys doing at home? Just really robust idea exchange. And big part of it was what are we doing for self-care? This is really scary. This is very stressful. I come home now and I'm taking off all my clothes in the garage. I'm dunking my shoes in bleach. I go in the home. No one touches me before I take a shower. These are the new rhythms of life. So in parallel, how are we taking care of ourselves? And a lot of people started saying, I'm using a Peloton. I'm buying a Peloton. I already have one and I'm getting the dust off of my Peloton and getting into it. Now I start to see hashtag Peloton med Twitter popping up. And that was two friends who've actually been on my podcast that launched that so and really have helped manifest it and grow it. And there's just a whole bunch of people that are now like, hey, let's do some group rides together. We're going to do this ride at 6 a.m. We're going to do that. Anyone doing some core work? Hey, I hit a milestone. It grew really, really quickly because we realized that while we're going through this sort of shared experience of fear, anxiety, learning, challenge, whatever adjective you want to use, we're also finding the shared experience of this is a really good way for us to take care of ourselves and build some community and have a little bit of fun amongst some pretty dark times. And I would also think even when it's not a pandemic, it's a way to get some precious time back, right? Like you don't have to go to the gym to do things like that anymore. It's a really good observation. I wonder, I mean, you would have more insight around this than I would, the two of you, based just on your sort of scope of your interviews and such. The moment of inertia around exercise is not trivial. And walking to my office 
wearing whatever, grab the water bottle or, oh, I forgot it. Maybe I can just text my wife and she'll bring it to me. Motif around exercise initiation is a lot better than where's my stuff? Where's the park, the car, what membership card. And I'm not criticizing that for sure. Right. But I found that for me, it worked really, really well. My excuse-o-meter dropped significantly. Just grab your shirt, dude. Just go. Yeah. Get after it for 10 minutes. It's, it's better than nothing. And I, I did, and I built that rhythm. There are certainly people who love the kind of the ritual of going to the gym, and that has sure. a lot of appeal for them. But I think that those people have something wrong with them. <laughs> But, and I'm not a medical professional, but if I were, I would still be right. So, but yeah, so, but some people really enjoy that and they're largely in the BDSM community and that's okay, but there's nothing wrong with the BDSM community no, either. No, there's not. I'm just saying Tom, some people like that. There are going to be people coming for you. Do not at me. At well, I don't him. know that I'd say coming. Oh my me, God. But... <laughs> I don't know that I should say butt either. Oh, Tom! However, listen to the show. <laughs> I looked at your followers. You have a lot of prominent names that are checking you all out. <laughs> it's great. I can't wait for the comments on this. <laughs> However, I think yeah. It's, yeah, dig it's yourself out of it. this one, pal. Keep nah, going. I don't. You're doing fine. I don't care. He just, he's just going to let it go. <laughs> awesome. He's awesome. at peace with this himself. This is what I bring <laughs> to the equation. This is oh my god. It's my I only skill. Well, I was going to say before Tom's tirade or whatever that was, I uh, (laughs) tirade is up. I'm comfortable. I felt the same way about the lack of excuses. I feel like I've never exercised regularly before I got the Peloton and it completely changed my life. I mean, every aspect of our life has been touched because it all started with Peloton. It's really crazy. I mean, this podcast and then I ended up changing jobs and now I work for like I help people lose weight and do nutrition and I got my certified personal trainer and certificate and nutrition certificate and all of these things. They all got set in motion because I actually got engaged enough wanting to keep going. And I just think that's really cool. It's a great thing. And then it just sort of continues to grow. One of the things that then for me happened in terms of like which instructors I enjoy and which classes I like. I'm cruising along and I'm going to name drop a friend of mine, Mark Hurtling, who he's on CNN a lot. He's a retired general and he's an authority on the war in Ukraine. He's a friend of mine. And he had said to me, you have to do classes with Olivia Amato. And I should have known better. I should have known what was coming. He punishes people for a living. Yeah. Like when Lieutenant General Hurtling (laughs) says, this is the person who you should be riding with. He Uh, literally has hurt in his name. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, I can't wait to send him this. He's the nicest guy. He's a wonderful person. He's a good guy. He was looking out for me. He was looking out for me when he said this. I have to be honest, though. There is something about seeing an Olivia Amato, like 30 minute Hidden Hills or 45 minute Power Zone Max, where you're like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that ride. It's going to be rough. It's going to be an event and I'm going to feel it. She's a very, very skilled instructor. You know what uh, they call her nickname is, right? No. The tiny assassin. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> That's a hard cosign for me, for sure. Now I get why a general likes it. <laughs> I like that they're all authentic in their own way. And one of the things that she and I think a lot of them do, they own that this is not easy and that they're inviting you to do something hard yep. and that they're inviting you to do it in your own way. 
and just get there. Just finish. Just stay on the bike. Just stay on the yoga mat. Just hold on to the barbell. Because no one's actually watching, right? No one is checking your metrics. No one else actually cares except for that piece of just get that done because you'll get the benefit. Olivia does that, but she does that in that plane of what you're doing is exceptionally hard. I'm a professional athlete. This is hard for me too. And you're here with me. For me, that just feels really good. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I mean, you just said a lot of things that the instructors say that get me all fired up and ready for a class. Like it's, it keeps you going. It keeps it you does. going. It becomes if part of your every day. You, right. If they, if they crush you to the point where you're getting off the bike or you're not feeling very good or somehow you're feeling bad about yourself because of the narrative that no one would continue to use it. Right? Yeah, it's I mean, funny. So many people who haven't used Peloton think that, oh, the instructor yells at you. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I mean, yeah. I guess that's a form of inspiration that works for some people because sports coaches have used it for so long. But yeah, like if they were really doing that, I don't think they'd be near as popular. Agreed. Do you think they seek out this sort of feedback? Like this conversation, right? You guys have a prominent Peloton adjacent entity here. What's your sense of their interest in that sort of athlete slash customer feedback? Or do you think they're pretty dialed in, right? They've got their sponsorships, they've got their book deals, they're rolling. How do you think they navigate that? Peloton, Peloton or, or the instructors? Sorry. My God, we almost I would said say the, the instructors more than Peloton. I get the sense that each instructor really takes ownership of their own space. Yes. For lack of a better term. That is accurate. And I think it just like you see on the bike that differs among instructors. Yeah. Like if I not that I would ever do this, but if I sent the exact same message like, oh, I really enjoyed your class to 25 different instructors, I would get 25 very different responses. And most of them would probably not respond to me just because it wouldn't <laughs> get inundated. Well, exactly. They get so many messages from people and it's kind right. of like you got to do something to pull them in. And so I think the people who are that say things that really stand out to your point, there was a post from Emma Lovewell this week where she talked about she said, I want to show you guys my inbox. And it was like all of these people reaching out to her saying how amazing Peloton is, how amazing the platform is, what she has done specifically that has encourage them, has kept them going. And the instructors literally get inundated with that. And I think that's the kind of message they respond to. And I think that's the feedback they respond to because, and I think it's different for everybody, like what exactly that is. Like Emma might respond a little differently than Alex might respond a little differently from Robin. And Robin's like impossible to get a hold of. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's really interesting that they have become such lightning rods for the whole spectrum of the human experience. I would bet you $100 if you were to say back in 2016, when you signed your contract, did you think this was going to happen? They'd say no. We're going to have some fun. I get that same sense that like people share very deeply personal things, difficult and successful and give kind of attributions and credit to the experience that they're having on this exercise platform, which saying it out loud sounds a little surprising, but I think <laughs> it's also a credit to what they've been able to put together. I mean, I feel the, very much the same way. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. well, cool. We all agree. That was easy. Yeah. So homecoming, that is an interesting thing because it used to take place in person. You would go, if you were lucky enough to get tickets, you would fly to New York and you would have an entire four-day weekend at the studio and you would get to take a crap ton of classes, meet all the instructors, go to an amazing party. The first year we did it, it was a legit a cocktail party. Yeah. And the instructors just they wandered were, around free range. They were yeah. just standing around the room. I mean, that was the first time I had ever met any of the instructors. And I met all the instructors that night that worked there at the time. And then the next year we went and like, it right, was... Do you guys say like, know some of the instructors? I mean, now I do. Yeah, I have like good relationships with some of them. 
But it's like you have to talk to them all the time. Like, for example, I'll give you an example. Maddie Majacomo came on our podcast back way back when Peloton used to give us interviews <laughs> and before the instructors were so sought after. And he came on the podcast and we just all hit it off. And Tom and Maddie wow. are like, they're just meant for each other. And Maddie also came to St. Louis because when they opened the store here, he was one of the instructors that used to do visits at the store. So he came out to the store and I got to meet him in person. And we all just hit it off like we talked like so much that night. We just hung out forever. And then when I got to go back to homecoming, we already knew him. So we see him again. He remembered us. And so there's a few instructors that we are lucky enough to have that relationship with. And some people have managed to get those relationships because they've just been part of Peloton since the beginning. Like people who have ridden with Jen Sherman, they've literally ridden with her since 2012. And so when their names pop up when she's scrolling, she's like, okay, cool. This account is back. It's like if you're a fan of a rock band who plays stadiums, but you started seeing them when they were in clubs. That's they exact- remember the people from the clubs. Yes. You know? That's a really good analogy. For me, I've kind of come to know them as their celebrity self and to conceptualize them as, again, like they live their lives like anyone else. It's a trip because these are very prominent people with whom I spend a non-trivial amount of time. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I compare it a lot to the rise of the celebrity chef, right? Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because nobody became a chef thinking, this is my road to fame. Interesting. You know, that's a good one. And at some point that flipped and it flipped because of Alice Cooper's manager, Shep, and he loved chefs and thought they should be famous and made it happen single handedly. But also Tom knows everything about pop culture. I'm weird. (laughs) I've got one for you. Oh, but what's that? Guy Fieri's from my hometown. Oh, how about that? Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. But there's a really good documentary about the chef guy called Supermensch that if you ever wanted, he is fascinating. But anyway, so I compare it to that, like nobody became a fitness instructor thinking that it would make them famous. I mean, the number of famous fitness people you could count on one hand prior to that. Right. I mean, you had Richard Simmons and Jack LaLanne. You got to go back to the 50s. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. But she was famous for other reasons. True, true, true. So Jack, Charles Atlas. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, like toe to toe on pop culture. Yeah, it's, it's a finite number, though. Right. And so. Now there is a path, but yeah. honestly, at the moment anyway, the only path is through Peloton. It is. Yeah. yeah. I would say people, look how many iPhones there are, right? Tens of millions. Name an Apple instructor. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Well, well made. <laughs> you can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. But homecoming was always a blast. And then in 2020, obviously, they switched that over to virtual for obvious reasons. And it's remained virtual since then. I'm not exactly sure what they're doing this year. They haven't announced. They're saying they're going on the road, but nobody knows exactly what that means. So for all we know, they're going to have like an in-person component and an on-the-road component, or maybe they're going to just send all the instructors out on the road to different stores. I have no idea. I hope they just all show up at your house, and that would be awesome. (laughs) That would be. You guys will text me, and I'll come and join you. Yeah, I will do that. I would first, you have to wake me up, because I will have fainted if they all show up at my house. (laughs) (laughs) And she will be upset that we didn't clean first. Yeah, that's totally true. (laughs) I mean, like, why didn't you tell me you were coming? (laughs) I feel like I could just go on mute, and the two of you could riff, and you could just kind of giving me a guest credit and it would be just as good. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your podcast. Yes. Speaking of. I'm ready. Let's do it. Yes. All right. Tell us about your podcast. So get so yeah. for the audience, tell them what it is. For sure. So I host a podcast called Explore the Space Podcast. And I've been in clinical practice as what's called a hospitalist since 2006. And what a hospitalist is, I did my training in internal medicine and I specialized in the care of hospitalized adults. So I only take care of people who are in the hospital, who've been admitted to the hospital and I take care of them while they're there. 
It's the fastest growing specialty in the history of American medicine. The vast majority of American hospitals utilize hospitalists to care for their patients who are admitted. And doing it for a while, and I kind of come to this place of there are some disconnects in our shared understanding of what we're trying to accomplish with respect to healthcare at the individual level, at the community level, and at the national level. And I've always enjoyed storytelling and public speaking. I was an early podcast adopter in terms of listening, and I realized that the technical barriers to start a show weren't as insurmountable as I thought. And so off we went. 2015, right around the time you guys were getting going with Peloton is when I started podcasting. And what I found in creating a space where having conversations with really intelligent people on subjects that matter to a broad audience underneath the umbrella of healthcare, it gave me a really rich and fertile opportunity to just go in a lot of different directions. At the first, it was opportunities for learning on a variety of subjects. And my subject matter has been very eclectic over the years. And over the last couple of years, even before the pandemic, a lot more stuff honing in on gender equity, leadership subject matter, climate change related subject matter, advocacy, particularly for healthcare professionals, a lot of which is in the space of gun violence prevention, gun violence education and communication and risk reduction. And those sorts of conversations have been extraordinarily empowering for me, both as a physician to understand the platform that I have and the opportunities that I have to help us drive towards what we all seek out, right? It's right there, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And at the same time, elevate voices that have been historically underrepresented, bring out topics that are of interest to a broad audience, and also at the end of the day, try to have some fun and try to create space where people are listening to their podcasts when they're on working out or doing chores or commuting, a little bit of escapism, a conversation that people want to jump into. It's been an extraordinary ride. We've done Peloton related podcasts, right? During the pandemic. <laughs> hey now, that's <laughs> our <know>. thing. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of fun with that sort of subject matter. What resonates for people that a broad audience can connect to? And what I've also found too, is it, it takes away that remove, right? Sometimes people can feel like their healthcare professionals are difficult to access slash unapproachable and are also not seen as whole people. I'm a very busy, enthusiastic, and proud clinical physician, and I am a whole person. <laughs> I laugh and I cry and I ride my Peloton and I tell jokes and I love Ted Lasso and <laughs> I have a family and I enjoy my food and all. We're whole people too, and I think there's a demystification process that happens there. And I have to shout out, we created a whole other podcast called Med Lasso <laughs> with Explore, Explore the Space around why the show is so resonant for healthcare professionals and we're out of our minds because season three is coming. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. It's so great. It's, it's the best. It is. Imagine if Ted Lasso wrote a Peloton. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's really it. And it's on all the usual podcast platforms. Episode 308 went up today. Similar to what you both are doing, right? There's a sense of purpose that comes with that. And there's a community that arises and there's an opportunity to aspire to things that maybe 10 years ago we didn't even conceive of. There's a real sense of satisfaction and joy there. So you mentioned that you have such a huge variety of topics that you have on your podcast. Is there like a type that you get the most enjoyment out of? That's a great question. I am usually asked, what is my favorite episode? Oh, And I, like any proud parent, would say I love them all equally. <laughs> but is there, boy, that's a good one. You know, I think it depends on, I like it when 
a guest says things to me because I don't script the show at all. It's like good improv. It goes where it wants to go. There's some themes that I want to get to, but if you say something tasty, I'm going to pick it up. If you say something cool, we're going to go there. I'm not going to say, well, that's interesting. And question four is, I like it when a bias that I have is shattered. I like it when a supposition that I have, I get some education around. And I have developed a sense of courage, I think. I don't want to give myself too much credit here, but I think I am more courageous in tackling subject matter that Mark Shapiro 10 years ago would have said, that's a no-fly for me as a whatever, as a physician, as a human being. Too scary, too much conflict. Somebody might not like me or someone might disagree with me. And I think that the places now where I can step into the tension with a guest and have some really interesting and thoughtful conversations on subject matter that is of import and has some weight, I think that's that for sure. That's inspiring. Yeah. I think the older you get, the less you care about whether or not people like you. That's true. You promise? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, am I older? Which one of us is older now? I just got I'm 46 and yeah, I'm okay, I'm older. I'm 52. So I, yeah. I, uh, I was like, I'm staying out of those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser, man. I, no, it's an interesting thing, right? And like, even in the space of Peloton, right? It is a brand that, boy, does it take its slings and arrows. For sure. And I think that when you have something that you enjoy and feel good about, you just kind of have to ride that roller coaster. And that's been a good opportunity for me, right? Being in the podcasting space and being on social media. And having some cachet and like same, I'm sure for you, right? People pitch you and they want to come on the Clip Out podcast and they want to do stuff with you both because of what you've created. It's a heady space and it's important to remember, again, we're whole people at the end of the day and navigate it thusly because otherwise it can get really humbling really fast. Wish I could joke around with my doctor like this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want it to be me because that means you're in the hospital. And that's, that's, that's no good. I have no you're more not, hospital visits. Not again. I'm good. Oh my gosh, Thanks. You, you have been through it. And the two of you, too, I think it must be said, right? Respect to the both of you. We had booked this episode six weeks ago, something like that. It would have been like four or five days after she was hit by the car. Yeah. Then she got hit on a it was, Sunday. I it, think was we were, it was that Thursday. that Thursday, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I remember the messages that you both sent me left the door open like we could do this. But boy, I'm glad that we all had the situational awareness to say this is not that important. <laughs> we can do this some other time. Both of you need to heal, right? I think it's really important. There's a great, again, learning lessons, right? There's a really prominent physician on social media, Dr. Glockenfleck, and he's an ophthalmologist. He's really well known on YouTube. He's really well known on Twitter. And his wife, Lady Glockenfleck, and they're great. They're That's hilarious. That's a fun he's, name to say. It really is. It's like eye residue. It's a real thing. You got to look them up. They're phenomenal. I've had him on Explore the Space. And they both just blown up. He suffered sudden cardiac death two years ago and she resuscitated him. They've been very open and transparent about this. She just published an article and was sharing it on Twitter today around the experience of survivorship and the trauma that is associated both for the person who has suffered something, right? Crystal suffered something horrible and had to recover from it. And it must be said for you, Tom, too, like your wife got injured (laughs) and you got a phone call like there's been an accident. The things that come out of that for you both as a couple, you both as individuals, and for us as a shared community, it would have been very clumsy for me to say, wow, I'm glad you're doing better. Yeah, let's record a podcast on like (laughs) post-op day four. That would not have been the right move in that situation. It was much That was a long way for me to get to that. Shout out to the Glockenfleckens. (laughs) That was sort of the space of like, we're not doing this 
today. We'll reconnect down the road. I never like to cancel on somebody and I really didn't want to, but I also really wanted to. So I was very grateful when you took us up on that. <laughs> yes, it was, it was very nice. And yes. This would have been a weird interview if we right. hadn't. Yeah. I would not have I been mean, as happy. Ooh, we, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this would have been would lots have, of stops and starts. She'd have been holding of, her headphones okay? like this the whole time. I did. Yeah. I did record afterwards and I had to take it off my ear because my ear oh, was all gosh. like she was a club DJ. Yeah. <laughs> She's over there. I would have been asking the whole time, like, are you all right? Like, are we, should we really be doing this? Ignore the black eye. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you sure this was because of a car? Do you need to speak in podcast, private? If the podcast intro ever includes the words, don't worry about the black eye. Yeah. <laughs> we should be rethinking our production schedule. <laughs> I did have to record a few times with a black eye, yeah. but it like stayed forever. It stayed forever. Like it was like it just cleared up last week. Like you it, should have the Glockenfleckens on. He's an ophthalmologist. He'll break <laughs> it all down for you. And my the goose egg is like still here. Oh, it's been five weeks on Sunday and it's still there. Wow. So like, wow. yeah, we had to move on at some point. <laughs> Our public demands it of mm, us. That first week, though. Thank you for letting us take the best. Yes, very much. Yeah. And honestly, you don't have to thank me. She was so good about getting back to it. He was the only one that we ended up skipping that we reshuffled. Like she got that back to it pretty quick. Yeah. 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 Well, then I'm in. Now he's like, I'm kind a of one a of dick. one. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? It was just me? Oh. Well, now I feel like maybe. Well, you just use that. Okay, but the actual <laughs> truth was it's because I had like the next week I had been planning on working on scheduling a bunch of people and it did it all fell apart then and I kind of just got way off track. So yeah. it was it just still took some time. And yet here we are and this is awesome. <laughs> it is. And I want to make sure that we give you the opportunity to share your leaderboard name if anybody wants to follow you on the leaderboard and if you oh would like gosh, to share totally. it. Yeah, I was going to say my Twitter handle, but yeah, no, on the Peloton leaderboard at explore the space, all one word. Yay. And the hashtags that I ride under, there's hashtag Peloton Med, hashtag Peloton Med Twitter, hashtag Med Lasso. <laughs> my main one right now, like if you see my name and it pops up, it'll say hashtag Med Lasso. Because, you know, you look for like who's riding at the same time. Yeah. So we're always checking like who's here from Peloton Med, who's here from Peloton Med Twitter. It's really cool. It's That's... really great. And there's always someone there. And then we'll do like the flyby. We, uh, I don't know if we invented this term. Like, There's nothing new under the sun. The flyby high five. That where you, you don't of... go into the actual class. Like, yeah. OK. So yeah. we yeah, okay. So yes. We didn't invent it. All right. I'll <laughs> tell my buddy Ken. We didn't invent that. You can let him think that you did. It's OK. It could have started there. <laughs> Maybe we stole it from you. Well, yeah. I didn't steal it from anybody. I I'm going to bet that Ken and I just, we're not that smart. We're not bad, but we're not that smart. But hopefully you'll start using the feed, which is in the beta, and you'll be able to see like other classes that people took. You can high five them from there too. So you don't, oh, have, really? to, you don't have to go into the class anymore. So that's actually really cool to know because one of the best parts of Peloton Med Twitter is when people kind of shout out their wins. I'm about to do my 500th ride. Let's do it. And it'll be, I'm on Pacific Standard Time and they're going to do the 6 a.m. Eastern Time, right? I'm not waking up at 3 a.m. I don't like you that much. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's a really cool way for us to do that, because that is right now, I would say there's two big things in the hashtag Peloton Med Twitter community. One of that's the big one. It's my birthday ride. We've got a big conference and we're going to do a conference, you know, the fundraiser ride or whatever the case may be. Or it's my 500th workout. And then the other one is. After we do rides, I love to do this. I will post a snapshot of the ride that I did, and I've just started doing it because I'm a narcissist, a picture, a selfie. 
all schwitzy and sweating and a mess. And like my favorite quote from the instructor. Oh, nice. Oh, that's good. Really fun. And then some little thing for me about what I was feeling that day. And I'll put that on Twitter and on Instagram. And there's lots of other people that do that too. That's sort of the way we as a community keep in touch with what we're doing on Peloton. And it's really fun. I love that. Yeah. We do a lot of selfies. There's a whole group on Facebook called Sweaty Selfie, as a matter of fact. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's How do I get to ride with you both? Like, let's do this. So I ride. Tom never rides. I don't. He I, refuses to touch I, the bike or any Peloton equipment. Right? <laughs> Not what I was expecting. <laughs> you could tonal with him, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> You could ride with me anytime. I haven't been riding as much. I've been running as much more because I'm trying to get my stamina back up for Big Sur. You you got yourself a challenge ahead. That's awesome. That I do. That I do. But I'm easy to find on the leaderboard. Clip out crystal. That's awesome. That's so cool. And I would love that. We should definitely do that sometime. That would be a lot of fun. That would be really, really fun. And she can tell me all about it. Yeah, he can at least walk by the screen. (laughs) Maybe I'll make him hit the high five button. When she's like really dropping the hammer on the Peloton equipment and heart rates up and going, do you ever like just walk in with a coffee and just sit down? (laughs) (laughs) I don't like coffee. Come on. I'm weird. I was going to ask you to be like one of my new besties, but now you don't like coffee. I'm a soda guy. I drink a a lot of soda. Drink a lot of soda. Let's try this. When she's working out and really going hard, do you ever walk in with a soda (laughs) and just like sit down? Hey, honey, how's it going? All our exercise equipment is in the basement. So if I'm in the basement, it's because I'm going to use the tonal. But I do like this is price. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but it will probably weird people out when I work out. I drink soda. Yeah. Like I have a soda with me when I work, when yeah. I use the tonal. So, so he is technically so drinking I, a technically, soda. Technically, I guess I am. Yeah. He does make I'm me a- mad when he's like done with his 20 minute workout and I'm like two hours in. I'm still well, going. Well, that's because you're training for a marathon. <laughs> you're doing know. these two and three hour runs. I can and, still and he be. he gets his peak heart rate really fast because he banged down two Coca-Colas before he even got in there. So he's already. And I'm watching her jog. Let's <laughs> stop. <laughs> what? I mean, I must be a really good podcast host. I came on another podcast and I got you to spill something that's really cool. (laughs) I'd say you spilled some tea, but you spilled some soda. I spilled some soda. Coke Zero, if you must know. If you must know. I'm sorry. Coke Zero? Coke Zero? Yeah. If you're going to drink a soda, just have a soda, man. No, 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 no. Do you want Tom to weigh 400 pounds? Because he would. Oh, it's it's not like one soda. I don't have a soda. I drink like it's not good. I drink way too much soda, but it's my one vice. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I've almost completely cut out black tar heroin. So (laughs) almost baby steps, baby steps. You and your adverbs, dude. (laughs) Specificity is humor. That's that's what I have been told. I think we'll pick this one up next week on This Week in Soda. (laughs) Oh, that should be our spinoff podcast. I would love to be on that podcast. Yeah. But yeah, so I drink a lot of soda. So I used to be much heavier. And I switched to diet soda. My doctor, you'll like this story since you're a doctor, finally said something that got through to me because he'd been trying to get me to at least switch to diet soda for years. He asked how much soda I drank and I told him. And then once we picked him up off the floor, (laughs) he was like, you're drinking your recommended calories every day. And he's like, so baseline is soda. And then anything you eat just makes you fat. Isn't it fascinating, though? And I will always enjoy have deep respect for this part of what I get to do professionally is the art of finding the lever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's a different lever for everyone and there's different access points to drive behavioral change for everyone and it's so good that you understand what it was for you yeah and that that same lever might not work for someone else and for this person who's your care provider to know like they're gonna have to tinker a little bit yeah they're gonna have to try a different lever with someone else and like with exercise or whatever the behavioral change that we're looking for is to understand what those levers are and then for you right as the person hearing it to kind of be vulnerable enough to take it on board and say, yeah, "Yeah, that's an opportunity for improvement. This is an opportunity for me to do something different and to do something that will help myself and others who are important to me. And it's a fascinating part of all of our shared journey, I guess. Yeah, I literally went back to work that day. That was like, yeah, no, I I literally went back to work that day and was like, I'll have a diet instead of a, I worked at a concert club at the time. And so I had unfettered access to a soda gun and an auto fryer. And so when you can make tater tots anytime you want anytime you want and you don't got to clean the fryer because they've got kids for that oh so i was like grab the soda gun i was like gonna hit the diet pepsi instead of the pepsi i'm so proud of you so i think one of the themes of our conversation really if we think about it has been around behavioral change and adaptation right you had the opportunity to decide peloton was going to be a big part of your life i sort of by necessity needed to find something and we found a lever and again opportunities to change the things that we eat and put in our bodies for fuel acknowledging that we can still enjoy them exactly yeah, yeah. i can't great. enjoy it anymore regular soda tastes gross to <laughs> that's me that's true that is true now it's too sweet for him yeah. he doesn't like it I, whenever they get me the wrong soda i'm like oh that's gross yeah he like literally it. that's he never <laughs> complains about food but if you bring him the wrong soda he will taste it <laughs> I think you guys need a second podcast called like This Week in Soda or something. I think you're primed for it. The Soda Journey. <laughs> the Soda Jerk. Oh, yeah. there you go. So. It writes itself. Yeah. It writes itself. <laughs> well, Bart, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us. I know doctors are very busy, even more so if they have podcasts. So <laughs> we greatly appreciate that. And so before we let you go, though, remind everybody the name of your show and where they can find all your things. I appreciate that. The podcast is called Explore the Space Podcast. It's on all the usual podcast platforms. The website's www.explorethespaceshow.com. I'm on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show, and on the Peloton leaderboard at Explore the Space. Wonderful. Awesome. I'm just realizing what we should have done. What's that? Since he's a doctor. Yeah. When we started this Zoom call, we should have left him in the waiting room for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Bravo. That's a first. And I liked it. I liked it very much. That was very well played. Respect. In all I will, seriousness. I will share that and give you both full credit. That was very, very well played. You can start Four doing years that of a lot of Zoom calls, and that's the first time I've gotten that one. I like it a lot. That's awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you for the interview. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next week, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram and Twitter and the clip out. Wait, no, the Peloton leaderboard at clip out Crystal. (laughs) She's still tired from Big Sur. (laughs) Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget you can watch all of these on YouTube. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling and running and rowing. <laughs> <laughs>